practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Uh, is Henning coming? Did, was that, are we going without him? Are you recording? Well, I mean, I am, yeah, but that doesn't mean, uh, right. we don't have to start right now. Oh, he should know he should. the I was of talking, his ways. I was, I was he describing ditched a... his bros. He ditched his bre- he ditched his <laughs> his freeves to go with the weaves, man. Birthday. Uh, Unbelievable. The weaves. It's it's always every week's her birthday, apparently. It's not. Ditch the jerks to go get the works on a baked potato, if you know what I mean, a dinner and a movie. <laughs> The old baked potato movie place. <laughs> I mean, come on. There was a... Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. Can you imagine the smell of a movie theater that only served loaded baked potatoes? I'm Casey Van Heel. Did I say my name, Hans Frywald? Do you remember the baked potato? There was a baked potato <laughs> craze. It was too much. <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> Most of our conversations start with... Us putting our planting a flag firmly in a craze that wasn't a craze. That was a craze. But we're, we're claiming a craze. Scallions, cream cheese, bacon bits. <laughs> Not cream cheese. I uh, mean, I'm with you. I agree that there was a craze. May, all right, here it will tie it all into uh, my uh, the Frywalds had a baked potato bar one Christmas Eve. Ooh, screw the apps. Screw the ham. Baked potato bar. I think it was margarine and salt, too. I think it was a rough, <laughs> rough year. And a rough year at the old Frywald house. Literally. Everybody gets cigarette burns in a baked potato bar. It's the Dickensian Christmas at 808 First Street. <laughs> Eat your I was just... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say I was describing to... I don't... Do you have Hulu? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have... Well, under their holiday section, Ashley and I noticed them last year. They're they're called Holiday Scenics. Okay. And it's basically the evolution of the the, the Christmas the fireplace or the Christmas log. Yep. But these are a little more cheeky and okay. more fun. Like there's one that's uh Santa Claus stuck. So it's just a shot the legs of dangling. Dangling and him going like help. Oh, anybody's it, it can it continue. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I guess the firecrack crackles. The firecrack crackles. The you know, and then that, they have the one called Bing Crosby Jam. <laughs> the old firecrack crackles. <laughs> old fat Santa stuck in the fireplace. So you got Santa stuck in the the old gym. And then you have one called Thermostat Wars, which is just a static shot of a thermostat, and then you see the the male hand. The dad hand, turn it up, turn it down, and then the mom hand, turn it up, and then you hear some chattering in the background. Uh, there's one of just a ham cooking. I was going to say, and then the IRS comes and takes their couch. <laughs> yes, yes. I told you we were poor. You pan out, and it's just a, a rusted old thermostat on a decrepit building in there eating rats because civilization has crumbled. And Bender from a breakfast club is getting beat by his dad <laughs> under the Christmas tree. But they do have fun ones. Like there's one where it's just puppies. Puppies okay. like running roughshod over a Christmas setting. 
Sure. Like they, they opened the president presence or whatever. So I was describing this to a friend of mine. He was like, you, you watch that? And I was like, yeah, we just throw it on in the background. You know, like he's like, why? He's like, cause it's Christmas. Yeah. I'm on, I'm firmly on your side. He's a butthole. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's Christmas. I watched. Oh, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to step on you, but you transitioned me perfectly. If we're talking about being in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Cause I, as I described it, my defense was like, well, cause he was like, that seems very dystopian sort of black mirror. Like you, you live in this world where you can't afford these Christmassy things. And I was like, well, yeah, it's kind of like hmm. the cr- classic Christmas orphans looking in on themselves so i was like that would be my holiday scenic it's just like grubby orphans like pawing at your tv like going let me in let me in i'm hungry that's but i'm hungry beautiful got and then like a bobby comes by and he's like get out of here (laughs) he's heating a potato on a stick over a, a barrel fire Oh, that's great. So that was my long-winded when I was like, oh, I got my couple scenics. They're they're kind of like the Santa one. Like that one's fun though. Like he doesn't they don't go full sort of Gremlins, which they've been playing a lot on the television at work, so Gremlins is on my mind. That's a Christmas and movie, I f- isn't it? Yeah. Forgot that the whole crux of that is like Phoebe Cates hates Christmas cuz her dad died in the chimney. That's right. <laughs> God, is that self-aware? What the? Oh, the the, the con like you know because I remember her monologue. It's very serious, and you know the they're in that dim bar when she tells a story or something, and she doesn't yeah. deliver it. You know, it doesn't seem cheeky until you pull back as an audience member and go, "That's ridiculous." But then you go, "Well, the whole movie's ridiculous. What am right, I exactly. supposed to dissect? What am I supposed to?" bifurcate here or whatever the villain of the movie is called stripe because he's mean and he eats he eats really gross chicken wings that made me want to throw up i hate how greasy those wings are had not thought of that scene in probably 25 years and it was on in the my periphery (laughs) and i was just like (laughs) just comes right back and it's worse now because I've had chicken wings like that, and they're the worst ones. Like, they're not fried enough. They're, like, they're just grease. It's, like, greasy skin and ligament. And, it's and gross. Knuckly. Yeah, they're too knuckly. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I was – oh, yeah, Christmas movie Gremlins. I – two I've, – I've, I've been keeping Christmas movies on nonstop. We have a stack. Yeah. And then I like to get a couple new ones every year – or not new, but ones we don't own. Um. Mm-hmm. So one we owned and we actually just either we've only watched it when we've been blitzed or mm-hmm. or we just I actually tried to watch the Polar Express. That it's is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Like you're it's not just a nightmare. bad movie. Like it's Christmas cranks level bad in that it's unwatchable. And, and I'd love to hear Henning's opinion on this because. I, from what I remember, it's one of like the most expensive movies at that time that had been yes. made because it's all motion capture, and it yeah, looks you can like s- shit. The eyes are dead. It looks like a like a truly like a yeah. horrible, horrifying. Like your body, you take it in, 
like you know how you can see some our bodies are evolved to sense when something's mm-hmm. not right. That's probably yeah. why somewhere in our subconscious those deep fakes are like, hey, that's not yeah. Reba McIntyre taking that dong. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like <laughs> she wouldn't move that way. I know it's her <laughs> dead face on someone else's dead face. <laughs> but <laughs> the Reba's perfect because I was like, is that real? I'd go- I Google that. I just need to see it. <laughs> Scientific purposes, of course. <laughs> But so you just see it and instantly you're just unsettled. It's gross. It's weird. It's funny that you mentioned that because that has been like the double feature the last few days that I have worked. It's been I've I've caught gremlins at the beginning of my shift and then it, it flows into Polar Express. And so Polar Express was the last movie on the television. And I was working with like this uh, young bartender of course she's like 15 years my junior yeah so she's like i don't know what this movie is but i don't like it (laughs) and i was like well Well, you're not alone i was like it's and i was like it's just fucking so we kind of were just standing there sort of talking and watching and it's just it's really fucking unsettling. Yeah, it's the, and the, it shouldn't be. I think that also is what it's like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's like they're dead yeah. eyes. They're like they're so I yeah. get that Tom. Even even it comes through that Tom Hanks is a good actor, just movements and his vocal mm-hmm. acuity. I don't know what you'd say. I was like, oh, he's great. You, Robert Zemeckis is a great director, but the. Like, I was just told, Meg, I was like, this would be a great, Tom Hanks would be great in this live action movie. Why It'd be don't they have real men dancing in unison on these, or these Aero tables Smith on L's. a train? <laughs> oh, God, it's just like, <laughs> but, uh, or animate it, have Pixar do it. It would have been beautiful. But, uh, the other thing was, um, oh God, where, oh, with how expensive it is. Where is the guy in the room? We know Robert Mm -hmm. Zemeckis made some of my all-time favorite movies. He made what goes up and down as my favorite movie, Back to the Future. Right, yeah. There's no way. Was it like he was in too deep? There's no way you don't see a a first cut of that and go, "Mm," because I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not an animator. But like, there's no way as a a visual artist, you don't look at it and go, I don't like it. I think at that point, you're in too deep. You think? I mean, because he, like, I mean, to, in the Hendrith, we spoke about how he has foresight and predicted 9-11. We won't go back into that because I <laughs> listened to myself talk and I made myself sick. I thought I was the polar, the verbal polar express. We were um, motion capturing your audio. <laughs> audio capturing my own voice. You were polar uh, expressing it. That, they, that was us not given. We weren't, we weren't. We weren't giving oh, you our UCB level two. I need to bring my... I'll bring some game back. But, I want to hear about the uncle. All right, go ahead. Uh, they shot like two-thirds of uh, Back to the Future with uh, Eric that's, Stoltz. That's right. And, and he, he went, mm, not working. Need someone else. Good. Great. Because pull. Eric Stoltz, I've seen those scenes. And it, like now that we're describing Polar Express, he has a very... And maybe it's because... Now we live in a world because of Michael J. Fox. You can't go back and see Marty McFly as anybody else. Of course. But Eric Stoltz was a uh, wet fish, a cold fish as Marty McFly. And he was mean to Tom Wilson. 
He was mean to Biff. Oh, he out biffed Biff? No, did you? You didn't hear. So I've heard Tom Wilson, who played Biff, uh, yeah. talk about. He's like, there's a scene where Eric Stoltz, like, they're like in their face, and he's playing Biff, the bully. But Marty McFly pushes him back, and Eric Stoltz like, was like, apparently it. he was trying to do everything method, but that doesn't make sense because as Marty McFly, like, he's like an egotist. He's into himself, but he's not mean. But like, no. he was like, I'm supposed to get into it with Biff, so he kept like. It was just a, a chest shove. And Tom Wilson's like, every time we had to redo the take, he kept doing it harder. And finally, I was like, I'm going to fucking hit you. Stop it. Like, what are you doing? I don't think yeah. he said that lame. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> but he was just like, I'm going to fucking give it back to you. Why are you doing that? And like Eric Stoltz, which I guess was one of the reasons he was well, off I guess you're shot. not an actor then. Yeah. I'm giving. You're, I'm giving. You're giving me nothing. Biff, he doesn't have to give you shit. Uh yeah so th- so, so no Zemeckis- excuse there oh, yeah I bet he saw a version of that movie and he had the same reaction we did and he just went eh, we already spent a hundred million dollars what am I gonna do do you think just it's because do it again it's not his passion project you think you think it was some butthole studio exec is like we need a Christmas movie it's been too long for a Christmas movie it's got to be new it's got to be fresh yeah we just got the rights to Polar Express that is a bestseller get this Polar Express a picture book no words we put a script to it get this motion capture it's happening get this it's you it's We're doing the whole I'm, goddamn yeah. thing get this uh, yeah. Robert Zemeckis boom get this release 2005 yeah December 24th and they're like fuck if you can make it happen, he got it happen, and Robert Zemeckis got a big old check. Boom! I forgot the biggest part. Tom yeah. Hanks plays every goddamn character, but like all the things, seemingly it does seem like a, a like a script that money pitch. No, re- watching it, I was like, if you had just saved seventy five million dollars and literally just put makeup on Tom Hanks and and just had. <laughs> A thousand Tom Hanks's in different makeup. That movie would be the Christmas movie. We would like Elf wouldn't exist. Will Ferrell would be mopping a fucking burger joint somewhere because <laughs> Polar Express just. Yeah, uh, but even there's something Meg was even saying, though, something about it is even off. And maybe it's just the visuals of it, because Santa just seems mean that kid in it. The smart-ass kid makes me want to punch through a fucking wall. Like, why didn't you have a kid voice that character? They had, like, a... He's the kid with the glasses who's, like, a know-it-all. And his oh. voice is like this. Hey, how you doing? Are you on the train? Oh, I hope I get my gift first. Fuck you, Billy West, if that's you. Why doesn't yeah. a kid voice that kid? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. And it's not, obviously, because he's too talented to do such a... Ha- too many hacky aspects make me think exactly what we're getting to is Robert Zemeckis went, no, eh, fuck. I, n- I need to find and it's my next, you know, passion project, which he's got something out that actually... I think it has Steve Carell and he plays like a... Oh, it looks... Something it interesting. Looks, Does it, it look bad? It looks Polar Expressy. Oh, and I, the name is like "Welcome to Merwin," Mer Merwin, yeah, Marzin or something, yeah. And it's I, I don't know in what capacity it's based on a true story, but it, I'm just basing this solely on having seen the trailer about half a dozen times with no audio, 
Steve Carell is in a horrible accident, probably beaten or assaulted sexually, okay. perhaps by a criminal, and he can't gotcha. go through life. So he his coping mechanism is he uses like a, a large scale G.I. Joe doll to like deal with the world. So then he makes his own little like town in which he puts himself into this character. So what they do is they turn Steve Carell into a a Toy Story-esque like large-scale G.I. Joe guy and he's like a one of the uh, bomber, like World War II bomber guys. So he's got the bomber jacket and the hat. And yeah. then they have like uh uh i can't think of her name the uh michelle bonet is in it and she is his physical therapist but they turn her into like the like so all the women are like hot barbies so he is sort of yeah it's is like that, that lisa bonet movie michelle bonet i don't know if it is or not sorry distracted i was like from the it Cosby? might be it, i was like no it's not her daughter's different that's okay, a, okay. um I vacillate between getting upset with Hollywood for remaking too much stuff, and then when they try and make something new, it's like this high concept, like... But it's not. It's like, it reminds me of that Ben Stiller movie, uh, Walton Gimsby takes a photograph or whatever, the one where he... is now walt gimsby takes a photograph <laughs> it's like loosely and i hate when they're like it's based on a true story and it's loosely based on a guy who took uh pictures for life magazine oh yeah so then gimsby. walton gimsby yes yes dances yes. through his own pictures so it's like the top of kilimanjaro or like the beautiful cascade remember, mountains yeah. and he's just yep. like chasing his you know, his baby mama through yeah, bad tr- memories or whatever. That's like, right. It's like what dreams may come, kind of. Yeah. Like the trailers make it look so epic and beautiful. And if it's that small little snapshot of these beautiful scenes. Sure. And this yeah. idea, this metaphor. I'm chasing my love through my, mm-hmm. through the art I've loved for years. Or, yeah. or Robin Williams, you know, what dreams may come. Like I'm trying to subvert yeah. death to get back to the one I love. Or uh, whatever, I'm GI Joe to to make a good story. <laughs> just, just like now, I'm just picturing like it's just a like. Here's the thing: like Toy Story is emotional enough. All of them, I have heard, and it could be people gaslighting us, but it's like Tom Hanks. They've all talked about. There's one more Toy Story coming out, and I guess it's just like the final nail in the fucking sad coffin of self-awareness that is the toy story movies so it's like toy story exists like don't do like but we're gonna do a real hard-hitting toy story where steve carell deals with his problems in a toy form i was like no we have toy story you don't need to do that like sure Uh, yeah i guess is very like very expertly executed not heavy-handed like the trailer for the movie like i I could be, I'll eat my shoe, like, it could be a good movie, but they have, like, a scene in the trailer where the guy that assaulted Steve Carell, and it may be the guy killed his family, I don't know, again, I without sound, but the guy comes in, and he's this dude, and he's wearing the orange, and he's in leg irons, and, like, Steve Carell, like, wilts, 
And it's just like, oh, I can't do it. I can't, like, go to court. So I built these, like, it's just so on the nose. Like, it is so, and it could just be the trailer, but. You know what I thought? Yeah, let's, I guess let's keep an open mind. It sounds ridiculous, but I thought the same thing of that movie, Her. I was like, that's he- that's mm-hmm. a bit heavy-handed. Yeah. And then I actually watched it, and I thought it was really well done. And it really worked. Um, no, and there's a lot in that movie that is uh, a lot of insight in, like, cool like the like his job in her is he writes letters back to you know like he pretends to be people's grandma right and like crafts fake letters for people it has like artificial correspondence which is a cool crazy thoughtful weird dystopian thing but you could see it happening sure sure more so than ever I, let's just admit that Zemeckis is—he's—he's he's saving up that honey pot to make. I don't know. To he's got to take goes to Mars. Tripped into the Malty, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, are, would you in our lifetime Gump too? Would I go see you it? Yes. Will they do it? Uh, an old Gump. What if I, like only if Gump gets hit, kicked by a mule, and becomes smart? Uh, because I was thinking there's a a uh, a, a show on Netflix and this it very minusculely connection to Tom Hanks, but it's a uh, the final plate. It's like a cooking show. Like Ma- sort my of like buddy Manuel show. is on it. He was Spain. on it. That's Manuel. Shut the fuck up. You no gotta shit. watch it. He's amazing. You know, man. He was Why great. am I even telling awesome. you? Yeah, let's promote it. The final plate. Uh, Spain. He's partnered with uh, this, I can't think of his last name. Benjamin. He's a French cook. Manuel yes. Berganza is representing Spain. They're mm-hmm. fucking dope. No spoilers other than the food they cook is amazing. And the other chefs that, chefs that are on the show are very good. Too. It is a, if you have any, if you like those type of shows, if you like Top Chef, if you like the Great British Bake Off, the show, like what Ashley and I love the most about the show is everybody is so talented and they cook with friends. So there's yeah. really no vitriol there's no animosity they don't like play up like like conflict other than just like you have all these amazing people who made the best thing they could think of in one moment yeah Uh, a couple of the judges kind of buttholes uh weird oh yeah dependent upon what country good i don't like using that pejorative weird but that that ghost from spain the 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 ghost of an god yes all i could think about was like i can't wait to talk to hans and henning about this guy because he reminds me of the undead knight from the last crusade oh he talks oh god that's a perfect representation i'm from spain he's like a like a vampire knight there was a and he no one's ever talked about him more so than that moment i was like what crypt did they dredge up to get the (laughs) the most famous visual artist from spain oh and it's uh, not pablo picasso's nephew that was a paella challenge, and those upstart South Africans made like a, a whatever, and there was like the the uh, the host was actually th- he didn't throw a lot of bones, but even though he's a seemed like a affable enough guy, he was like, mm-hmm. "Well, can you say one thing you like about the paella?" He's like, "It's inedible." <laughs> it's like that's not <laughs> nice. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? What a ju- you're on a fucking cooking show as yeah. a judge. 
What a joy. You should be like that Mexican boxer that had brain damage who just wanted <laughs> hot peppers. <laughs> he was like, not hot enough. Peppers. Mm, very good hot. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> just He talked in punches. They just dangled a pair of boxing gloves off camera and he was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, very good. Yeah. But he's that soft-headed boxer that's like all light, and then you just say something weird that sparks something, and he fucking beats you to right. a pulp. You tell him how much you dislike Polar Express, and then he murders you. Because exactly. for some reason, he's like, that means the world to me. Yeah, he's best buds until he's not, and then you're uh, John McClane. So we're to get back to what we're talking about, one of the episodes, the American episode, so the show is... Yeah. You have these cooks that are friends and they represent different countries. And each episode is you do the the food, the quintessential food from these different nations. So Hans and I were talking about their their Spain and they trot out this like he looks like a horror host, like a late night horror host. Yeah, like a local. And the next movie is the creature from the Black (laughs) Lagoon. And he's got eye makeup on and he's wearing a turtleneck with a black blazer. He defined his cheekbones, and he's like actually, you know, what he kind of reminds me of the food critic from Ratatouille. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He actually looks angular, like he, like goes down at a triangular angle down to his long boots that are too long for his skinny legs, pointy boots for his tiny <laughs> little feet. No, but yeah, he's like so a the guy is from One Hundred One oh. Dalmatians. <laughs> he's Corellaville's brother. Uh, so he is the most Spanish from Spain, most Spaniard person, because he is the most pretentious yeah. creature in the world. <laughs> yeah, he is a creature. Uh, so then they each, but to get back to what I was talking about, I'm, I'm going back to Gump. I'm going. It's coming back, or they're going to okay. do Gump Junior. Oh, I know Gump Junior. The um, they have the American episode. And uh, Colin Hanks is one of the judges. <laughs> a and loose connection. <laughs> yeah, every every time they do a wide shot, he has the cadence and timber of Tom Hanks when he wants to. Like I, Ashley, I've been been rewatching mm-hmm. from Earth to the Moon, and each episode Ooh. of that, and that an HBO miniseries that Tom Hanks produced. And it's about the Apollo or Mercury and Apollo missions, basically America going to the moon. And every episode opens with a slow zoom to Tom Hanks giving a monologue and he's doing his like Tom Hanksy monologue voice. And it all ends with from Earth to the moon. And so we they that. did it's the great. same kind of shot on the final table. And Ashley and I both were like, what the fuck? Tom Hanks is on this episode. And it wasn't. It was Colin Hanks. Mm-hmm. But he's I, a charmer. He could be. They could do Gump and Company, and you get Dad Gump and Gump Juniors, an actual Blood Gump, Blood Gump, Blood Harmony. <laughs> they, uh, wow, I, it's so interesting because I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking. I went, you know what? For the longest time, I was like, he just doesn't. He just doesn't remind me of Tom Hanks. And then when I was watching it, I was like. That's his fucking father's boy That's, right there. Yeah. And he I I will say like him. Oh yeah. He moves like him. He he laughs like him and it's like he is his own man and I will say I didn't give him enough credit early on but he can hold his own. He was awesome in Fargo. He's 
He's great. Oh yeah, he's so good in Fargo. And he and I've heard him on podcasts. He's really funny, and he makes crazy choices, like to be on this show as a judge and fucking have yeah. to get stepped on by Dax Shepard every time you try and say a word. Try to get sure, a word yeah. in edgewise. And that's um, what I appreciate. It was like, ah, he's a yes, he's a fucking hang. He's a class act because Dax Shepard's just hustling for those jokes, baby. And he was funny. Like he, I, was fine. I like he's him okay. more now as time goes by. Like I've watched some of the show Parenthood. He's mm-hmm. really good in it. Like he's, I just think mm-hmm. he came up as a comedy guy and he never did comedy. So he's kind of like I gotta be the most charming guy in the room. It's an interesting path for him, and I, I apparently he has a really good podcast called Armchair, the Armchair something, Armchair Guy. I didn't know that. Apparently, he's got a very, very popular podcast because he's got a lot of good connections, so he has a lot of good guests. I'm sure there's more to it than that. Um, But uh, it's an interesting road he took to get to where he's at because he was on that show Punked. Like, he was the main guy. Right. That was his show, basically. That was his show. And so it takes a – let's be honest. That's not my cup of tea, but it does take Mm. a lot of chops to pull that off. But I was also like, all right, that was his thing. He's a pranks guy. He's a Johnny Knoxville pranks guy. So to see, so to see his evolution to where he's at now is mm-hmm. is pretty stunning and like good on him. Legit actor for sure. Like for to sure. go from like the guy who wears an old man nose and fake big balls <laughs> to like getting considered to for a uh, Emmy award for best dramatic performance in an ensemble like I, I, I mean it happened it happens right I mean Jim Carrey goes from Venus de Milo to the number 23 or you know to a uh, to political artist of our generation have you seen his art by the way I, I love his art Oof. I love his art it's a it's he a tad on the stuff a tad lately. on the no a tad on the nose Ooh. at times oh Lord. It you know what it reminds me of? Uh uh it reminds me of if I were to pick up a guitar and try and be Daniel Johnston without any oh, of the any yeah. of the suffering, without sure. any of the searching, without any of the seeking, yeah. without any of the struggles, without any of the natural um yeah. machinations that has been with uh-huh. him since birth. I just rewatched that documentary called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. For those of you that don't know, one, watch that. Two, uh, you can YouTube Daniel Johnson songs. You'll know a couple of them. But so his music is rough, right? It has yeah, an edge to he, it. He basically was just like a right before Nirvana blows up and the whole grunge scene. There's a, this guy named Daniel Johnston lives in his mom and dad's basement. Mm-hmm. Austin, Texas writes these like f- goofy song like and they're good songs, but they are rough. And he's playing them on, like, children's toys and, like, a hand-me-down guitar. And he creates albums, but he – and this gives you insight into his thought process. Every time he makes a demo tape, he performs the album from the first song to the last song to record it. it. Yeah. So this guy uh... blows up because he is, like, super talented, but also, like, you got kind of got to screw loose, but you're determined. Uh, yeah, let me just clarify a couple things. He grew up in he's a West Virginian. West uh, Virginian. He actually right. did and and he suffered he's bipolar in, of, of the Virginia. of the severest kind. 
Um, he did end up going to Austin, Texas, basically his parents were like, you got to go live with your brother. And he played like the piano and you're right. He made all these demo tapes and he's, he's kind of like this, my way of describing, to me, he's an amazing songwriter and I've got an ear for his music in the sense that it doesn't like, it actually sounds very pleasant to me his songs many of them mm-hmm. but I, but I agree I, with you i'm the same way but it is i'll play it for somebody and they're like are you is this jan terry like are you playing a joke yeah. for me or like oh okay um how did i get on daniel john so all these oh and and it was slightly Jim before Carey's nirvana art. it was like 1980 so it was like a decade yeah. before but kurt cobain literally daniel johnson got a record contract from kurt cobain wearing one of his shirts yes from one of oh. his demo tapes, yeah. it looks like a, a a Simpsons mutant. It's like so, a toad with three tentacle eyes. Yeah. If you're a Nirvana person, you'll recognize the shirt, and that's Daniel Johnston's. So what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is Daniel Johnston is like as pure of an artist. He also yeah. is a visual artist, right? He draws he's like, and things. He's like that classic outsider, like grandma moses like he's yeah. like yep and Great not example. to like be spicy but it's like it's rough it's like the the artist that came up and was like she's a hundred year old slave that taught herself to paint yeah <laughs> so it's it's good but it's rough and yep. so his music is that equivalent of like he used the stuff around him and you can see his soul in the roughness. I was just going to say the fact that he plays like a, you know, a melodica in a heart in a kazoo. Emotion transposes cleanliness. Yes. Something to that effect. My baby cares for the dead. I said. Come join the living, baby, the bright sunshine. And it's so great to be alive and have a good time. But my baby hung around the dead, making money, acting friendly with the funeral family. And she was wet, my baby. You can really feel it. You can feel it. You can do that with art. So with Jim Carrey, there's, uh, and I'm not going to backtrack because there's a couple pieces I really like, but then... I can just see, I don't know, I can see a, I can see a, a forcefulness, like a really, yes. you can see the effort in it. I guess that's the difference. You can see the effort. There's nothing wrong with giving effort. You can feel, no. as opposed to Daniel Johnson, you can feel the emotion. Yes. And despite the roughness of Dan, what Daniel Johnston does, like you're totally right. There's an ease. Mm, and I think yeah. it's like a clarity of of vision. Like whatever you're trying to say is you, there's no third eye. Like that's what I don't like about Jim Carrey. It's very on the nose and there's like a a step back. Like he he's looking at himself. Instead I, I of just making it, he's like, "Well, it has to be this because like if you look at it this way, which is something I appreciate because I never could uh, uh like keep a diary yeah i, I could never saying. like and i knew it was like that a lot of people like correspondence and writing and they keep track of your thoughts and things and i couldn't do it because i was always felt very forced because i was never being very honest 
because I always have like third eye of like yeah, I think I we've talked you, about it like saying. what if someone reads this in 20 oh, years? Oh my god, the ego. Yeah. Oh, same like, here. it's gross. Same here. Oh god forbid you go back and read some of the diaries you try and start. No, and, like the that's the best part about what we're doing now. This it, podcast yeah, this is, is, is the... that we are throwing that out and like that person that I was would be horrified that I would share <laughs> like all this honesty because it's <laughs> That's like a good point yeah this is a this is a, yeah this is an ex this is exposing <laughs> this is a, an expo this is an ex- exposing our past that's gnarly so when you open that page it's a sketch past which is the yeah, idea of the podcast right. it's an it's an honest conversation it's not like i'm not <laughs> that's why there are so few i feel like podcasts that are just one person yeah because it's like, what are you going to say? You're just talking in your, like, well, have, here's what I think about this, and then I'm going to put it on a hard drive. And then hopefully someone finds it and listens to it and is like, oh, I'll take two hours out of my day to listen to one guy talk about his thoughts on Polar Express. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder, well, all right, name one person that you would do that with if they did it. Just to like a like just a convert like just a stream of consciousness like yeah a half an hour every day you can tune into this guy because there's like there's this guy uh, oh I'm I, there are people who do it that I like and it's just like Bill Burr that, mm-hmm. Bill Burr is one of the funniest comedians Go probably on. you could put him on on you the put him on the list like he's sure. a funny obviously one of the funniest comedians working right now but by the time it's yeah. said and done. He's like on the Mount Rushmore, probably. Yeah. And he does a podcast twice a week. That's just him. Sometimes it's a friend of his or his girlfriend or wife. I forget the relationship, but and it's really funny. And he's a really funny guy. And he just talks about stuff. He talks about sports. He talks about his life. He talks about politics. He talks about stuff. It's just a lot of. It's a lot. Just a lot from one person. Without used, like a, a specific like I love you and I both love Dan Carlin. And that's oh yeah. amazing. <laughs> but that I'm is still the most halfway through his last episode. And that was three months oh, ago. So um that's a great point with Bill Burr. It's like you can separate yourself because his he's I, I totally agree with um his comedy. It's amazing. And I used to listen to his podcast, but I, I just don't and it's not a judgment, I just don't have the time for it. But mm-hmm. I'll do I'll say this to anyone out there is like it's just a guy recording himself in the morning. I think it's called Bill Burr's, Mon- Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. That's true. It's Monday Morning, I yeah. dare you to go out, record yourself in your phone, talking for five minutes, and see if you yeah. fill the, the airwaves. Because it's not easy. Oh, no. And, let, and that's, that's, just fill, that's just have stuff to talk about. Now try and know, make that's, it interesting That's what you relatable. and I are doing right now. Like That's why I need you, because I need someone to like spice up you gotta bounce like when i'm just rambling about how back to the future predicts the 9-11 and it's there's a marty mcfly is a stargate jumper oh i bet there's some uh we had a big uh we had a big uh death in the presidential family over the last week oh my god did we ever hw probably the first president i can wrap my head around uh, the first person I could wrap my head around the 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 uh, 
the realities of the office that we had a. I I was born under Ronald Reagan, so when George H. Mm-hmm. W. Bush became president, it was in 1988. So I would have been five. I just remember I was in it was in kindergarten. I thought my dad looked like Dukakis, so I was a Dukakis yeah. man. Of course, um, yeah. But and then when he became president, I guess the only what made it really accessible to me is that Dana Carvey did an impression of him. So I was like, oh, which he's I a president. He's a good guy because he's funny. Is crazy, but I really do think that Dana Carvey impression will. Is is like was the resonating connection to humanity, like that is how most people see George H. W. Bush, mm-hmm. is through that and probably like generations past. Like he's an infinitely evil, interesting. You know, like there are so many weird facets to this man's he, life. Oh, we'll yes. be peeling the onion on what he did, and he has left his mark on this planet for oh, yeah. hundreds of years. Absolutely. But it's crazy to me. So that's what the craziest thing is like Dana Carvey doing like a really ham hammy, like moon <laughs> hey. over my hammy like version of this guy. And that's what like laid him low, but also what made people go like, Oh, he's not so bad. Mm-hmm. He just kind of the goof. son of Prescott Bush oil magnate. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, I, there's a, if for anybody that wants to like, gen, there's nothing it's intense. Cause it's, again, it's Dan Carlin. It's three and a half hours long. It's for free to stream online under pbs.org, uh, American experience. It's the George HW Bush introspection of his life or whatever, or it, whatever those are called. It wouldn't be intro, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he did a lot of heinous shit that is totally covered up because the way pop culture painted him in his later life. Because mm-hmm. he's jumping out of planes when he's 80 and 85 and 90 years old. And George, there he's was got one a son that's a doofus. <laughs> yeah, and so that's where I was getting at. So not But he's a blue him. blood and my son's a hick. Well, I think social media is painting George W. Bush in the same light that uh, Dana Carvey was painting George H.W. Bush, enlightening him and making him like this, like a peaceful cartoon almost. Because you know what's, you know what people are thinking about when they see George George W. Bush nowadays? He gives candy to women. It's like that keep like, he's become a sweet He's become a sweet gump, basically. He's I'm sorry no, to he's... say it, but they're like, yeah, like his speeches went from like, this guy's a fucking danger. He can't even he can't even speak appropriately. There's other people pulling the strings. We're in a war that uh, that we There's shouldn't a be movie in. Movie coming out about that, right? Oh God, yes, yes. The Dick Cheney movie that like crazy. I trust I trust McKay Adam McKay to do like a. A big short esque like let's take a hard look at these people. Like some of it's funny, but this is really scary shit. Yeah, like I trust that it's not just a, like Whoa, <laughs> Sam Rockwell is it going to be an amazing George W. Bush? Oh, I like, didn't I'm know seeing he was the trailers. I just oh, yeah, you know he... Christian Bale's t- playing Dick Cheney. Uh, yeah, uh, Sam Rockwell's George H. W. Bush or George W. Bush, and he uh... does such a good job. 
of like because it's not like that will ferrell over the top like it's just the very soulful like that's that's how that guy was like oh sam rockwell's doing his own thing but you're like he got it yeah i'd put sam rockwell up there as one of the the greats of our time as far as actors go he's he's incredible um but yeah, yeah. Anyway, but back to Herbert the book. They're both like cartoon characters now. Like Mr. Burns. That's what it feels like. Mr. And Burns is evil, but like people think he's hilarious. Evil. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great connection. And to bring it back to Jim Carrey, there's like the, he's softening the the potentially millions of people that have died with paintings of I don't I don't know roughshod paintings of the sea. Like he paints now, and he's got a pocket full of gems. You know, it's like fuck. <laughs> he's a bad dude, and and it and it does not hurt that like the president we have in office right now is like just something that was well. I guess maybe some people predicted, but something that makes George H. W. Bush. Even though it's been said a lot, like the the things that George H. W. Bush enacted have been mm-hmm. far worse than anything Trump has actually done. But yes. the sh- the veneer of it all makes George W. Bush just look... He makes him look normal. That's the only... That's the best way to put it. No, and th- like that's the the best thing, I think, that they're all, like, all of their people are like, oh, this is perfect. Oh, I, I can because only imagine. He, yeah. he wears the robes of buffoonery so well because he's a fucking racist asshole but so's fucking george hw bush so is george w bush they're the same except they did some real evil evil shit yeah but they get to go but we're not him he was on tv he's a fucking he sucks he fucked a porn star (laughs) like he is just he's he's as big of a boob as uh, george w bush oh for sure for sure for sure, but he won't get to. He won't do anything. I don't. Which makes him so. like, he just gets to be the fucking mule you kick. I and he'll make his money, and he'll either get, he'll leave in shame, but still get to make a fucking shit ton of money. Oh yeah, because he'll leave in shame and just like, I'm gonna open my fucking hotel in Moscow now, baby. I'm Russian now. Like oh. he's gonna do a full heel turn like he's gonna become <laughs> WWF, the next baby. like kaiser of germany like he could just go i'm the bad guy now i'm fucking razor ramon you hated me before i'm gonna make so much fucking money off of how much you hate me yeah that's gonna be it it's like you know he feeds uh he's the grinch he feeds off yeah. of hate so when if he gets pushed out of office it's going to it, be it a sweet be treat. He the will be so vindictive. Ever you and I talked talked about this podcast. It was like I don't think. I mean, I think if you run for obviously you want to be president, but I think in your planning, I don't think he wanted this shit. Like he didn't yeah. like he likes to be powerful. He likes to have a man. He's like smog. Like he likes to amass that riches. Right. Sit on and now wings. he has this cachet that he didn't have before. So the moment he's done, he, he don't give a fuck. Win, lose. Like, he just gets to be himself, but he gets to be former president or even better, former 
disgraced. Like he wants to be the heel. He <laughs> he doesn't want to be fucking Hulk Hogan, nineteen eighty six, like waving the American flag. He wants to be NWO. fucking Ted DiBiase. Like he wants to fucking like. Oh, you know who's that? I think you're right. I I think, and everybody's kind of agrees that everybody in his circle was pretty sure he wouldn't get elected because they wouldn't have been doing the shit or aligned yeah. themselves with him. So that's kind of. Uh, just a little something you shouldn't feel good. At, well, they're they were bad dudes, but like, can you imagine the? You've had your gut drop before, right? Like, oh shit! Like, oh right, when, when like, he became oh, president, you would just fuck. go, oh, no, just like pay. when you like just overplay your hand, yeah. and everybody goes, okay, we buy, and you go. <laughs> we fuck. Oh fuck! Now I gotta, I gotta pay. Like I bet with other people's money. Like shit. Mm-hmm. No, it'll be. It's then. That's the thing about he, Trump is like it's, it's unique, but it's also like a. He's like a classic. Like he's like a classic old shyster American scumbag president. He, who, oh, absolutely. He's who a- we have have not had in the contemporary sense. So it's it's unique to see him through that prism of like, he's just a rich fucking asshole who talked his way into the job. We've had a lot of those guys. No doubt about it. I was just thinking like William McKinley. Literally, it has been um, hypothesized that all of these tycoons got together and bought his presidency. They just went, eh, fuck it. And they were just like, sure. it'll cost us how much? Let's do it. Or like, uh, like it's just it just repeats itself. Like Woodrow Wilson, they speculate he got it because they didn't want Taft. Oh yeah, well he because got Taft it. was a Republican, and Taft probably would not have gotten us into World War One. Mm-hmm. So they juiced Teddy to run against Taft, and then they put all their money behind Wilson because he he was a fucking professor of from Princeton. Yeah, Teddy so split like, the ticket. And then Teddy drew enough away from Taft because they juiced him to be like, we need you. You're the real deal. Oh, you know, soft like, Teddy. Teddy hates those Germans. Pull it. Uh, where was it? We were talking Trump. We're raspberry. So it. we were just saying raspberry. L- loose yeah. connection. Pull it back to Christmas movies. I watched the Santa Claus yesterday. You know, doesn't hold up. Doesn't do it. Finally, I've been. And believe me, I watched it every year this year. I went. Finally, something shifted. Uh, special effects, jokes. Maybe it was the mood I was in, but I was like, "Huh." I was trying to describe uh, Santa Claus because I had not, I have not seen it since I saw it as a kid. Does does he accidentally kill Santa Claus? Is that what happens, or does Santa throw his back out? Spoilers: Santa falls off the roof, and when Santa and dies instantly, breaks. His he neck. dies. Yes. So he's dead. But, Santa dies. But they he don't show his Christmas broken dust. neck. He does. He turns into dust and there's just like a mitten sticking out of the sand that waves goodbye as he shrivels away. Oh, you think it's a curse? It could be a Santa. As it's we... a clause. Oh. Well, then he has a clause. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just something about it. The elves are all children. And they're all too cheeky. Which I don't like. I'm not like... I don't know. I mean, who, I did who? watch the Christmas one, like we talked about last week with uh, old Captain Ron, Kurt Russell. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. And they went with like monster elves, which I was like, didn't see it coming. <laughs> like that better than than children, I think. What movie has gotten the elves right, in your opinion? The closest. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Elf. Kind of does, right? Because Elf leaned into the classics when it was like, they're just small humans. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the children thing. Like, I don't, I just, it, I don't like it. The small, small person thing doesn't work. I mean, I guess it wouldn't take me out of it if it's done well. Because I've been thinking about, like, Oompa Loompa, because Netflix just purchased the Roll Doll catalog for, like, $2 billion. <laughs> God, so Netflix is amazing. We're getting uh. we're getting a new Charlie. We're getting a new Chocolate Factory. They're doing a crossover with the witches. We're getting BFG. He's fighting aliens. Uh, Why... Come on, Netflix has all this money, but they don't have the right people in the boardroom. Get me in there. I remake Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. All the original actors. They're older now. It's oh, he's a, grand, Charlie's Grandpa Joe now. He lost all his money in the chocolate stock that, market. Oh yeah, totally. We don't. You don't do. You don't do a remake. It's a the late stage prequel. That's the hit. That's where you go. Charlie's the old man now, living alone. Oh, yeah, okay. In the factory. In a rundown chocolate factory. Oh, that's like, good. He becomes, like, and he needs to be reinvigorated by the love of children. Yeah, so he brings, something sparks in him. He's like, he's just totally, something brings well, into him the fact that the, how he got into it was the yeah. tour. So he has to have love, another tour. He needs a tour because no one cares anymore. Social it's media. all digital. He's got to bring it back, yes. baby. Nuts what, and bolts. What, what would like so Mike? What would the characters be? It would be you don't have Mike TV. You have Don Internet or <laughs> Don Internet. Yes, <laughs> well, totally. Don Internet's his agent. Sandy Pepper. Oh man, no. What if you go full tilt and it's like Charlie's become a sad sack Internet YouTube person because he's an old celebrity, so he's fallen for the trappings of. What all old celebrities do. So he's kind of like a, a wilted sort of Richard Branson type of guy. Hmm. Okay. And so, he needs to be, he needs the soul. He needs to be brought back to what brought him to the top. He needs the Wonka back. And all the candies and chocolates have, you know, fallen. Like they're, and they're they don't not, have the like, effort in he's it. Fad. He's gone full fad candies. He's got to go back to the the soul, like artificial flavor. Like he's oh. he's making like everlasting gobstoppers that are like taste like Hennessy. Like he's he actually making gimmick. He's making he's the candy gimmick. that exists now. Yes. So where are the loops? Like what's going on with them? They're all hipsters now. Oh, I like it. So they're too cool for school, too. Totally. They got a or taste we, of the real world. We can do it like the backdrop now with all the riots in France. It's like the Oompa Loompas are like fighting for the rights of the downtrodden. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah, let's simplify it. The Oompa Loompas left because Charlie, the, his standards have dropped so low that they don't want to support it. So he's got to get the Loompas and, back, too. And they're Oompa Loompa machines. He's, he's outsourced it. It's all machines. 
He needs the soul back. His soul, the Oompa Loompa soul. What about Slugworth? Slugworth's cool now. Well, we find out the end he always was kind of... Is Slugworth a real guy or was that a fake? Is Slugworth some other guy and this guy was pretending to be Slugworth? I didn't get a chance. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie, let alone watched it with you. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but like, I feel like Slugworth is the famous actor Joseph Cotton. Like in the from movie? Citizen Kane. The actor and that like, plays Slugworth? That Slugworth. I watched it. I was like, that's fucking Joseph Cotton, I think. How did uh, I never know? That very well no, could be. you're right. I don't know if Slugworth was ever his own man. Or if he was just fake news created by Wonka. Well, you didn't see any, like, Slugworth bars, right? Or did they talk about competitors ever? Pier- we can bring in the competitors. You can have Pearson of Pearson Nutroll fame. A Twin yes. Bing man. Oh, Twin Bing. <laughs> I got it. Wonka, Wonka's gotten too far away. It's like Vice. It's like Vice TV. There's Wonk. Wonk TV <laughs> with all these paid to send hipsters around the globe to eat uh. weird foods. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah, like put us in the boardroom and we can. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to fucking remake it. They're going to hash these out as quick as possible. A couple of them will be beautiful. A couple of them will be like, um, like we were talking about last week or two weeks ago, like Netflix originally was like, Mm. holy shit. Like they it's no holds barred. Everything they put out is immaculate. And lately it's been. Ah, this is. This is shot on a phone. <laughs> I feel right now exactly. I feel like we're getting, we got the spaghetti treatment where they're like, eh, just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Eh, something's going to be good. Someone's going to like something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, they'll get a taste and then we'll see what they can do with it. I, speaking of whatever, it's Christmas movies going back and forth. Yeah. I bought a Christmas movie that I hadn't watched in a long time yesterday. Watched it. It was mind-blowingly good it was the original die hard yes oh my god the movie's amazing isn't it it, i wrote that this movie's amazing in the sense that it is like i don't know how it's possible one it holds up in every way and there's no reason that it should there's no reason that it should but it does because basically it's a parody of itself. I don't know how it can exist in unison with that concept, mm-hmm. but it yeah. can. It is so over the top that it works. I, I just, I, yeah. I was like, no. I don't know why this is working because it's fucking racist and way too violent and like way too simple at times. And it's got the gratuitous nudity and the. it's just like. But it just does it in such a right way that it just nothing seems out of place. It n- nothing even seems out of place with the over, like it's it's it is. People talk about it not being a Christmas movie. It's oversaturated with Christmas. Yeah, and it works I had that still. Conversation because that there were people at the bar and they were like, they turned to me and they're like, they were talking about Christmas movies and they had a very rigid. Very definition. rigid definition of Christmas movies. So they were like going straight up like Christmas Carol and like Miracle on 34th Street. I got you. And they were like, they turned to me and they're like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And I was like, well, the ones I watch every year are Die Hard and, you know, like Christmas Vacation. But they're like, ah, you're one of those Die Hard. You think Die Hard's a Christmas movie? And I was like, yeah. 
I think Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. Sure. They, they, they clearly happen are. At Christ- I mean, there's no ghosts of Christmases gone by, but like, takes place at Christmas. On Christmas, Christmas is Eve, part of it. They say ho, ho, ho. Like, so I was like, you are being too rigid. Like, you only like grandma Christmas movies. Like, that's fine. There's a place for that. Like, but to me, I was like, you're the people like going to church because they give you a little extra Christmas flair. Yeah, I gotcha. (laughs) It's like, no, I like Die Hard. Die Hard is a fucking Christmas movie because it's fun. It's just a fun movie. And I agree. Like, it is. It holds up. It's crazy. It shouldn't work, but it works. Does um, does it work year round? It's been a long time for me because when we it was one of the ones we had on VHS and I watched it constantly, and it didn't seem to bother me one bit if I was watching it on a warm July morning. The first one, no. The second one, yes. And I think the reason why the first one works so well as a Christmas movie, but then also you can watch it whenever because it's takes place like so much of the movie is like it has to happen on christmas because john mcclain has to be in that space on christmas otherwise why would this sassy cop from new york be in los angeles sure on the top floor of nakatomi plaza but the fact that it's los angeles and there's no snow and it's like sunny Mm, interesting yeah for me like that's just sort of like this i like die hard too it's fucking nuts but that also takes place on Christmas. It has to be Christmas, but he's in New York City and it's really snowy and it's just, I don't know, for some reason, kind of takes you out of it. I also forgot and had a weird Truman Show moment. There's a part in that movie where he's sitting on top of an elevator getting intel about the terrorists and he's writing their names down on oh, his yeah. arm. Hans and Carl, just the way you spell them both. <laughs> I forgot about it. I was like, that's cr-. And I, then I remember a conversation you and I had, and I was like, oh, I'm getting that tattooed on my arm because that's the stupidest thing ever. And I think Meg and I are getting, like, tattooed. We're not doing much for Christmas. We might just get mm-hmm. a couple tattoos. Probably Ruby-themed. I might get a Hans yeah. Carl on there because the well, stuff in labor. Since, since you're there. Are, like, how many <laughs> things do you need to represent that it's you? <laughs> Let's be honest. But I really think I don't if Meg wants to get matching Ruby tattoos, which I get and I'm down with. Mm-hmm. But I'm I really do want to get a Jack Ruby mugshot. Yes. <laughs> like, that's so and good. It just in that like with the banner it just says my girl underneath. Oh, that's even like, better. That's my daughter's stuff. name's Ruby. It's my girl. Um oh uh so I got to we're talking Christmas. It's perfect time. And mm. we started off talking about the uh, I, I hate to say it. And I do because it's been this person won't leave me alone. And it's not the crank. But we got a new Christmas pest on our hands. Oh, good. Yeah. Always. And luckily, not in studio right now. But been calling me, bugging me. <laughs> And I record it like, so I was like, I'm going to record, I'm going to, I'm going to present this to the boys. Cause I don't know if I got to, if I got to edge Christmas, ma- this guy off, he calls himself <laughs> Christmas man. Oh, Christmas man. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know if I got to edge this guy off 
or maybe we invite him back for the real Christmas spectacular. But here, let me give you a, a little taste here. Oh, hi. Happy Christmas, man. Hi. <laughs> I'm your Christmas man. Hello. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, you want to know the Christmas man story? I don't. Okay. We don't. But <laughs> well, I come from a land in a time far away. It's a it little like a English isle called England, and it's from a time of Charlie Dickens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know that story he wrote for Christmas? A Christmas Carol? Well, that was based on my work. Holiday tunes. Doodly doot doot doot. Yeah. Well, you know how his story's about a man with three goes? My story's about a coal boy. You know, a boy that collects coal? And he goes around and he collects coal for him and his family and it keeps him warm at night and don't eat coal. And there's potato skins that they boil for stews. And it's, a, it's a holiday tune. Doodly doot doot doot. Well, anyway, thanks for having me. Thanks. So, I mean, come on. Christmas man's in my ear. He boils potato skins for stew. He's a coal boy. (laughs) That's not even a word. What are them, coal boys? Holiday tunes. I don't believe that for a minute. I haven't heard that. So, anyways, he... he, I said give him a chance. He wrote again. Oh, hey! It's me, the Christmas man. I'm back. See, what I... I forgot to mention a... I hope you don't think I'm a judge, you know, a Ben the Cast <laughs> like judgment. <laughs> Old Charlie Dickens story, you know, the one with the ghosts. Well, that's good and all, but mine has ghosts too. But mine's just one ghost. You know, the ghost of my dad, my dog. He died in the mill. He worked in a flour mill. Crushing weed. Did you record this? Anyway, mine has ghosts too. Hank, I need to use Thanks your phone. I'm really leave a message on my own as phone. As a Christmas man. <laughs> my dad's dead. So, I'm just saying. That's been in my ear. Christmas man. Cold oh, boy. Christmas man. Dad died in a mill crushing weed. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we need a taste of that these days, you know? To get back to, like, what really matters about Christmas. Ghosts. Ghosts. Well, speaking of ghosts, like, that's me. I was just looking at my notes, but I was like, it fits with Christmas. Uh, Harvey has swimming classes. Oh, yeah. And for whatever, like, I know, I know about the phenomenon of Elf on a Shelf. Yeah, like, yes. I know it's a thing. I get it. Like, I know that Target sells costumes for elves on the shelf, so you can get... Your cool Fonzie outfit for your elf on a shelf. He's in a Christmas movie. Just saying. Uh, Go ahead. So I was like, oh, I just thought it was like a... I, I didn't know like what the, the story the was. Do you know the, the lore of the elf on the shelf? Well, I just know that there's an elf in the shelf that watches children that are... Like, keeps an eye for Santa and it moves around so you know it's real. 
Yes. See, that was what what I knew about it was like I was like it plays pranks on kids around Christmas. Mm. I thought he was like a yeah, I thought he was a de crank. <laughs> like a famous de crank. Uh, I hope we don't get an elf on the shelf on this pod soon. <laughs> so, we make a note. Oh my god, de cranks also also Rand cousin. So I was just like just now like learning about elf on the shelf and the fact that like I guess the elf you tell your kids he's keeping an eye on you. he's like the NSA but it's for Santa like he's watching yeah. you and if you and if you're shitty he's gonna tell Santa. And then you're not going to get your, your pair of Nikes. Iced. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. Okay. I got an elf on the shelf. But at Harvey's swimming class, they have like their Christmas stuff up. And I saw an elf on the shelf perched on this mirror. But right next to him was a the Jewish version of elf on the shelf. Okay. <laughs> he just looked like a cynic guy. A cynic guy? No, a, a, a Hasidic Jewish oh, oh, guy. Oh. I he thought had you the were combining synagogue in and the, like, parishioner. Synagogue. Like, you know, like black coat, black sure. pants, shoes, the scarf. And I was just laughing. I was like, I didn't know, you know, elf on the shelf or look out behind you. It's a rabbi. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like compared to this festive thing, it just looks like a creepy, tiny Hasidic rabbi. Uh, hey, everyone, I have news for you. Jews like elves too. I know. I was <laughs> you like, don't have to make it that like an I, I understand representation, but I was like, this is, looks a little spicy to me. I, I, I see. You know, he's what? not like a Jewish sprite, like a sprightly <laughs> thing. It was like straight up, long hair, beard, big hat. See, I don't. I'm not. I don't. We talked about this. I don't. Or I mean, I don't. I, I say happy holidays because it encompasses everything. If somebody says Merry Christmas, I say it back. If somebody says Happy Hanukkah, I say it back. Mm-hmm. It all works for me. Yeah. This is some straight up um, Gentile shit that they're saying like, oh, no, we have to make something for Jewish people because elves are Christians. We all know that. Right. It's like you're <laughs> they're elves. They're fucking elves. They have eggnog for blood. Yeah. <laughs> like- you know what like? Oh, we need to make a Christmas movie. Is any that's good stuff? Oh, <laughs> no, but like uh, for thrusting upon these mythological creatures is like now they worship nature, man. If it's a proper elf, he lives in a house Hit made out of a tree stoop. stump. Oh, God, that's no, so but funny. I was just like, it's so funny that it was such an official looking. Next to this whimsical Christmas elf, and then just this like same size and stature, but just like a rabbi sitting on hmm. the mirror as well. Like I'm also watching you. Remember the Holocaust? <laughs> just, it's like God damn it! <laughs> I just want to light one of these Hanukkah. goddamn candles. God sakes! You know what the candles are all about? <laughs> Don't do the voice. Yeah, you tell rabbi. us every every night for eight nights. I think we got it. Oh, I sit here for 365. <laughs> I don't leave. It's like, yeah, uh, um, uh, Jews and Catholics, they need to have their guilt right on their, sh- just keep it right on the shoulder. They should just string, tape that baby up to the shoulder. <laughs> remember, you hate yourself. Just remember. The weight of that beanbag bottom on that little lookout behind you, it's a rabbi. To bring it back to us, what would be the Lutheran version of Elf on the Shelf? Uh, like a smelly cup of bad coffee sack <laughs> cup of bad coffee in an oreo the hydrox 
Oh yeah, there's no Oreos stay at home. This is a like Osco drug brand. Yeah, it's probably just you know, just a guy in a white t-shirt and jeans. A guy named Terry. It's take it easy, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) He tries to teach you how to play guitar, but you don't give a fuck, so you don't really learn a lot. Oh yeah, he just horribly because he can't really play guitar. I'm just here to teach it. Okay, no one cares. Fucking hate Terry. He just plays the C chord, and he only gets it right about one out of nine times. <laughs> Fucking take it easy, Terry. Take it easy, Terry, with his plastic strings on his guitar. Ugh. <laughs> I can... Um. Alright, I do... Since we're talking Christmas, I do have one more Christmassy thing before we... Uh, to ease us into the, the Christmas episode I'm sure we got coming up. We so we've been talking about Harvey going to see Santa. Ruby has yet mm-hmm. to see Santa. Yeah. And somebody mentioned that PetSmart has a Santa and you can have a picture with the dogs and your kid if you want. Mm, so nice. that was in the back of my head and uh we had just had to go into PetSmart for something else. So we didn't have the dogs, yeah. we just had Ruby. We we're just gonna pick something up. And for whatever reason PetSmart had a more rancid than usual smell. <laughs> like, just beats that you're like, this is an even worse stink than I'm accustomed to. Just wet dog food and cat shit. It was just like strong, but right in front of us. So we're uh, we're um, we we use all our senses as human beings, oh, yeah. mm. and we like to associate with that Take too. That and our sense mm. of smell is very, smell is very strong. So when you walk in. And it wouldn't matter if it's the most pristine-looking Santa you've ever seen. Movie-quality Santa. When you walk in and you smell dog shit, and the first thing you see is Santa, (laughs) you just... That's how the memory gets formed. (laughs) Santa smells like dog shit. It makes you sick. But So if you walk in and you smell dog shit, and you see a dog shit Santa, (laughs) female... That and the female aspect is not actually. It's cool to see a woman playing Santa. That is not, not what I'm she talking about. Like dog shit. She had brown smear on her hat. She was on her glittery pink cell phone. What the? Fuck? As I like to say, one boot, one sandal, but it wasn't. It was just. It wasn't boots. It was those vinyly, just Ugh. black sheets you tape on your sneakers. Right. It's like the sock, the vinyl sock you put yeah. over a shoe week so i was just like so we haven't had ruby to see santa yet but now i i'm just like i don't i don't i don't like santa anymore no ruined santa for you i get it santa smells like a litter box it's like that song with santa i saw mommy kissing santa claus (laughs) i saw i saw santa rolling around a dog shit (laughs) I saw, I saw, I saw Santa, Santa change a litter box. <laughs> he inhaled some of the dust and now he's got a cold. Now he's got toxiplasmosis. <laughs> yeah, take it, take it, take it, Casey. Taxiplasmosis. Santa's got a brain slug now. <laughs> Cleaning a litter box. That is Santa a funny doing image. very unsanta y things. But if Santa's real, well, I guess unless he has a horde of minions, but like, let's just, let's take it back into reality. Let's call mm-hmm. him local block Santa. Yeah. That guy plunges local his own Santa. toilet. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
I saw Santa break his own toilet, <laughs> taking Randy bourbon dumps last night. <laughs> Gross. Speaking <laughs> of dog shit, it smells like a fucking saloon toilet in here, Santa. Uh, yeah, everything's wrong with that. Just nog. High proof bourbon. Nog log, baby. Nog log. <laughs> Old crow and nog. I, <laughs> I I will say there is one Christmas song. I know we keep jumping Christmas and it's early Christmas. That just shows you how warmed up I am. Uh, yeah. There is a song by a, a group. I don't know if you'd call them a band or a, a funny dad or what it is but he has 79,000 hits it with like you can't say it's a band because no one really does enough to quantify yeah it's it it has 79,000 views on youtube the name of the artists are called the little stinkers and the name of the song is called i farted on santa's lap oh so i was like ray stevens level that's what I thought. I was like, all right, it's going to be like an old country guitar farted on Santa's lap. Now he's got the clap, you know, like something <laughs> yeah, right, like, yeah. but it's, it's worse. Cause it's the recordings about as bad as the Christmas man. And <laughs> it's little kids or adults trying to sound oh. like little kids. And they're like, I went to see Santa Claus, but I had to take a dump. It's like so. You could send this to Adam Sandler because it sounds like a bad Adam Sandler song. It, so him doing a kid's voice, but I had to dump. It's really, it's really, uh, it it take it. Let's take it all back and cap this episode. It's the Polar Express of Christmas songs. <laughs> From the first chord, you go, mm, mm-mm. I expected no. to be, I expected a little, a little, a little something randy, a little romp, a little Christmas twist. I don't like this. These kids seem forced, or it's an a man by himself bourbon dumping like singing on his <laughs> toilet i'll just sing right in the computer i don't need to set up my my microphone my computer records good enough the acoustics here fun. are bad but i'll just you know i'll use a couple effects santa said hey don't make a stink it's like oh, come God, on yes you can't not use don't make a stink slow <laughs> hanging fruit Oh, and he definitely used the bathroom to record because like, cause he's a guy that sings in the shower. So he's oh. like, oh, yeah, I sound the best in the shower. Yeah. So joy work, I guess. Or maybe you uh, trademarked. I don't know if they trademarked it, but maybe you'll get a little taste. You should trade. We should trademark it right now and take it out from under him. Mom made beans for dinner. You know I ate them all. Say, come get your coat on. Going to the mall, you're gonna visit Santa and sit upon his knee. But all that I could think about was how not to cut the cheese. So it's not the little stinkers, but it's the, the tiny farts. We call it the bourbon dumpers. I, I, I whiffed on Santa's knee. <laughs> but it'll be sung in a baritone. <laughs> I took a whiff on Santa's knee, and now he won't give toys to me. I do the Santa <laughs> whiff. It's the Santa whiff, baby. Because they said fart, right? 
Yeah, it was I farted on Santa's lap. I shat on Santa's lap with something with shat. I pooped on Santa's dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> then we get a whole different audience. We get a, we're going to cover all bases. Oh yeah, I think I think put that on red tube. Unfortunately, I think that takes <laughs> us out of the realm Santa's of this dick. being a clean episode. <laughs> Damn it! I thought we'd had it. I thought we had it on this one. You could cut that out, and we could. No way. That's gold. <laughs> no, I got edits. that. Needs to be for dexterity's sake. We need to have that trademark. If you're gonna say dick, you might as well say no, shit. No, go poop. Because poop makes it seem like you tried to not get blue work blue because you said poop. Poop softens it. Poop softens it. I, I pooped I on, pooped Santa's, on penis. Santa's penis. <laughs> yeah, that those words. Those that's so, from the Marquis de Sade's Christmas Carol. I was gonna say, let's. All right, so say that phrase. I pooped on Santa's pooped penis in the voice of the Christmas man, <laughs> with the smell of PetSmart and the brown smear on that female Santa, and you have an amalgamation of a Christmas from hell with the dead Polar Express eyes. Oh yeah. The soulless eyes and the meat tongue. Well, I guess everybody knows what uh, the potential cold tag for this episode will be. I guess. I, I pooped on Santa's penis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there it is. <laughs> jing, jing, jing. You can hear the jingle bells already. Mm. I have that poop, 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 doop, poop, 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 Oh, we're even going to take the old rhythm. We're going to su- sully a rhythm. <laughs> we got to sully some Christmas tune. Or we could go to one of those old old English Christmas tunes. That's not, I'm just, that's not a proper Christmas tune. <laughs> it is now. I'll just sample that. <laughs> oh, what do you say? I say I think we both pooped on Santa's penis. <laughs> this was This was a good pre-poop on the penis preset i don't know yeah. what i don't know what we can we got plenty to bring henning will bring some treats we yeah. have to hear from henning about polar express we have to hear mm-hmm. from henning about neil degrasse tyson no, yeah. he's got a lot to answer for this henning christmas man might have a few things to say to henning <clears throat> the little stinks so. yeah <laughs> well, i think we're off to a successful and hendony this year and hendony oh by the way, for all you listening out there, you will notice that officially we are in season two of the Jerk Practice podcast because we're the only podcast that's like, no, season 100 season. episodes is a season. Yeah. Our season. season. Yes. We're the Dan Carlin yes. of seasons. <laughs> it's acceptable. Welcome to season two. You, you chuckle. The animal. Oh yeah, you gotta say filthy animal. Bring it back, Christmas. All right, you skag. <laughs> there, there are Christmas penises to be pooped on. Oh, gross! <laughs> gross indeed. We have children. <laughs> Not anymore. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. All right, there it was. Uh, Walton Gimsey takes a 
Yeah, no. Walton Gimsby takes a photograph. It might be Walter, but we're going Walton, baby. That is a movie I would see, but only, only when it comes to DVD. Only when it's streaming. It's not a theater movie. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah. Um, uh, what, uh, uh, hey, let me take it from here. No, come on now. Almost hitting a dog. Jeez. Oh, every time I'm driving to work, this sloggy, nippled dog comes out in front of the car, and it looks sad in the face, so, you know, it is what it is, God forbid, but it, God, I almost hit it all the time, it is so confidently sluggish, almost just hit, I don't know what that was, that looked like a porcupine, I swear to God, um, oh my God, hey, you almost killed an animal, yeah, I know, that was a holiday dog, you know, like the ones that are gifted under the tree at Christmas with a little bow around their neck? That was not. That was not a holiday dog. Oh, it sure was. That was a gift. Well, I didn't hit it. What? Well, you almost did. I'm going to write about it. All right. You're done. I'm done. Thanks for listening. Now, here's a new holiday classic for you all to enjoy. Santa Claus has a dick I have to shit Come down to his workshop and say I am to poop on you today Poop on Santa's dick Poop on Santa's dick